Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of failed efforts, I transformed my marriage, parenting, business, and health in just six months by learning how to repair my nervous system and move trauma out of my body. And now I'm here to help you do the same thing. Get ready to hear inspirational stories and walk away with tangible guidance on how to design your blueprint to your breakthrough life. Guys, I have Kelly Brock, the CEO of KB Collective on the podcast today, and this is very, very special. I want to intro her first. The official bio for Kelly is she's a high-level business mastermind coach and the podcast host of Guide Not Guru podcast. She spent 13 years empowering women to build business differently, step into conscious leadership, and expand into their limitless potential. Limitless is my word for the year. I love that. And at the core of her work, she believes there's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve at a high level unless it comes at the expense of your health and harmony. She's a woman living in her mission to help other women pursue their big calling without losing their peace. So that's the official bio, but I have a more personal one. I'm sure we'll get to it later. <laughs> but Kelly, how the heck are you today? I'm so happy to be here. And I'm like listening to that and I'm just like, yep, yep. I believe all of that. You know, it's so funny. Like you write your bio and then you don't think about it. And like mm -hmm. hearing that back, I'm just like, yeah, I believe in every bit of that. So I'm just so honored for the chance to get to be with you. You're my friend and like get to contribute in a cool conversation and hope that it like creates more breakthroughs for people. So I'm honored to be here. Yeah, that's my hope too. And I knew you were the woman for the job just to have this conversation and deposit that hope into people. You know, when I was thinking about who I wanted to be my first guest expert interview, it was just so clear. It was a no brainer that I wanted it to be you and I didn't know if it would work with schedules. So here we are. This is divine yeah. timing. But I knew it was you because first of all, you completely embody just the entire spirit of this podcast. You know, this show, it's going to be all about empowering women to experience breakthroughs in their marriage, health, wealth, parenting, purpose, spirituality, and more. And you're my number one personal up close example of just someone I've literally watched go from floundering in many of those areas mm -hmm. to flourishing in every single one and not perfect, right? You're mm -hmm. very vulnerable and honest and lead with your worst foot forward, but you've had the breakthroughs in every single one of those areas that I desire to give the world more hope for and direction. And you are my personal guide in bringing all of this to reality too. Like this podcast, my now business, which I'd prefer to call, you know, my soul's calling, but yeah. you taught me how to pursue my purpose. Even when I unfollowed you for a year on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about that today. We will dive in. I would love, you know, just for people to have a little backstory, Kelly, of what brought you into the work that you're in now. And, you know, we'll see how much we can get through, how many areas of breakthrough. But what was like the most glaring, just siren calling area of your life that you felt stuck in that got you started on this journey? Yeah. Ugh. which area do we want to pick? It's just like freak. There's so many. The brief of, you know, my story is, you know, we were able to meet through a network marketing company that we were a part of, and I was in it for a decade. And, you know, even before that, I've always seen myself as a leader. I've always had a heart for wanting to make a difference in the lives of other people. I've just cared about that. And so entrepreneurship found me, um, network marketing found me, and I felt like, oh my gosh, I found the place where I'm going to grow into all the things that I ever want. And what ended up happening in those last few years of being in that company was I manifested anxiety and depression in my life. And when I say manifested, meaning it developed in me, all of a sudden I felt like I started going to doctors. I had these physical symptoms that were like breaking me down, like exhaustion and sickness, and I couldn't breathe. And so my physical health became this, uh, siren that was going off that made me start to pay attention to apparently symptoms that had been going on for a long time. I was just ignoring. And so, because my health became a thing, I started to go to counselors and doctors and was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I think I have a virus. 
something's happening. Like I'm sick. I had no idea this was a, now I know was a mental health and spiritual health transformation for me. Like I was awakening, I was changing, I was growing. And what ended up happening was I started to look at all the areas of my life. And I realized there was not only smoke in all the areas of my life. When I started to get more conscious to it, like if you think of, if you've ever seen the wheel of life, or if anyone can imagine it, imagine this big circle and it's divided into pie pieces. And every one of those is a department of your life. It's like, ah, your finances and your relationship and your spirituality and your health and gosh, everything I looked and it was just like, I am not living in integrity in any of these areas of my life, the way I would want to be as a wife, I was not showing up as her. And I was making excuses for it in business. I was wanting more and then finding that I didn't feel like I had permission to change or be something in my parenting and my gosh, freedom as a woman, all of it was just so conditional and that wrecked me, broke my heart, broke me open. I honestly had this whole identity crisis of being like, well, if it's not this life that I'm in, what is it? If all these things I started realizing were making me sick, like, what do I want? That's like, what would even make me feel well? And it started me on a self-discovery journey and led me into walking away from that career and choosing that my, because I want to say this too. I'm someone who does not look at, as, at my career as a job. Mm-hmm. My career is my calling. Mm-hmm. And if I am not internally satisfied with the way that I'm working in the world, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm physically sick. And so when you ask that, you know, to sum up, man, years of, of a self-discovery process, the first area that showed up for me was my, my health was the flame that I paid attention to. And it caused me to first make uh, different choices in my career and my marriage. Those were the two first places that I really had to have some breakthroughs because they were the biggest fires, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They were the things that I was saying like, well, if these things would change, then I could be happy. And I realized, Mm -hmm. oh wait, I have to change. Husband might not change, career might not change. What am I going to do about it? So those were like those first two areas that I had to do the tough thing, which was admit there was a problem and then Mm -hmm. start to make changes. And it ended up costing me almost everything. I luckily still have the husband, but we have an entirely different marriage. Yeah. I'm married to a different person, 100%. And so is he. You're on your second marriage. I'm on my second marriage. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. I just married the same guy twice. Uh, when you said, if I'm not in alignment in the way I'm working in the world, I'm sick. And I got chills all over my body when you said that. And, you know, for, you know, I've heard this story many times now and I never get sick of it. I'm, I'm always pulled in and I'm curious if you'd be willing to share just the turning point or the aha moment, kind of the, the wake up call moment of what turned you onto that path of healing. Yeah. So when it, again, my health was what made me start to pay attention to myself. I was the epitome of like unaware and unconscious. Like I was just going through the motions and I thought I was very in control of my life. Cause if you asked me about myself, I would say, Oh, I'm a leader. Of course I am. Like I identified as a really strong, capable leader, but when I had to, you know, I feel like life, life wants to grow us. God wants to grow us. And signs first come in these little whispers and these little taps and these little nudges. And when we don't pay attention to them, we're like, Oh, like rolling it off her shoulder. Like how inconvenient that little thing is. God starts throwing a brick and God starts, you know, allowing things to happen and then things burn down. And I unfortunately had gotten to a burn down situation with my health that caused me to look at all of it. When I started to look at all of it, my career was the first place that I really started to notice I'm not happy here and I'm pretending like I am Mm -hmm. because I am so loyal and I am such a people pleaser. I had said at 22, I found it. 
I found the place I'm going to be for the rest of my life and I'm committing to it. I even drove home in my, in a pink Cadillac for my wedding. Like it was just like, if I could have tattooed it on me, I would have, right? Like I was just like forever. And I changed. And I started to notice when I would go to do all the things that used to make me happy and fulfilled, they felt unfulfilling now. They felt, I felt my energy dragging going to meetings. Mm-hmm. I felt myself annoyed wanting to having, having, there's the, there's the keyword having to talk about the same things again. I was just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I found myself growing in my own life and being like, this is what I really want to talk to women about. So I found myself desiring something that I didn't feel allowed to be. And so those were some of the first signs that it was just like, I I begged God, honestly, Becky, I remember being in church, begging God, like, please change my heart about this. Change me, change my heart about this. Let me love this again because I don't love it anymore. Mm -hmm. I find myself annoyed and unenergized and exhausted and feeling like obligation. And I used to feel energized about this thing. And what I didn't understand at the time is you can be just as powerfully called to something as called away from it. Mm -hmm. I thought that decision was a lifetime and it turned out to be a season. And I was not allowing that season to shift. I was, I was white knuckling and holding on to it. And that those signs of discontentment and exhaustion are now these warning signs I teach women about all the time, wherever you feel yourself saying the words, I have to, I should, I must, you are not in creation energy. You are in obligation energy. And there's something out of alignment there. I now know that, but those were some of those first symptoms. So wherever you're feeling like you're dragging or you have to, it's the first sign that something about that needs to change. And it doesn't always mean a leaving. Dang y'all. I felt that about my husband. I was just like, I have to, I should, I can't, you know, here's these rules we have. I felt very exhausted by him, but I ended up being able to stay in that relationship and change my energy and relationship towards him. Mm. So some may be a leaving and some may be a shifting But what I ended up finding was all of it was my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for someone to save me. I was waiting for the company to change and do what I needed so I could have what I wanted. I was waiting for my husband to go first and be a man like I thought he should and lead me in the way that I wanted to be led. And yet all of that was a reaction of me not even admitting what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Me not being honest about I'm unhappy here. And so I had that contrast of like, I'm so stuck and dissatisfied with some of these things. And I spent a little bit of time in victim mentality, but then something else started to change that I think is important to note. I started to find that there were all these other places that I was lighting up. I was going through self-discovery. And although in my work, I didn't feel free to be that version of me, I was being that online. So I started talking to women. I'd be like, y'all, I read this book or I started doing these journal prompts or like, oh my gosh, did you guys know these are the signs of anxiety, like high functioning anxiety. And so all these women were coming in my DMs being like, I think I have that. What was that book you wrote? Thank you for posting that encouragement today. I'm feeling that too. All I started feeling so freaking energized towards this new thing, which was helping women in this new way. And so I started to get the contrast between like, this gives me energy every single day. Mm. And this other thing is not. And so it made me even more, the contrast really helps us be even more aware about like where we're wanting to go and what needs to change. So yeah, career and relationship were those first big pieces that felt like they defined me and they felt like those two areas were holding me back. And my biggest breakthrough was learning how to change myself in those places. I love that. And I want to unpack the marriage deeper for sure. But Mm -hmm. I love when you said signs first come in these little whispers, these little taps, these little nudges, and then we're just kind of brushing them off. Like this is really inconvenient and annoying. And then God throws a brick. (laughs) What an image. And you said sometimes, you know, 
it's this clarity that a shift just needs to happen and sometimes it's a leaving. So I'm curious, how did you know in the case of business that it was a leaving and then in your marriage, it was a, just a shifting? Oh, good. Oh, that's a really great question. Um, I think for context, we have to go back to something that I believe. I believe in a higher power. I believe in God. And I believe that God has a purpose for us. And so for me, my default was to go to God with these things and was just like, what's happening here? Help me see it. I don't understand. And I remember um, being in church one day and, you know, I was someone who would like put my hands out and just like, you know, worship and pray. And I remember this visual of being like, asking God, like change Josh, change, like change him, change this, change these situations. And I remember holding this one hand closed and it was this visual for me of like, God was like, you have not given it all to me to change. Like you're, you're white knuckling how it has to happen. And so the answer behind that question was I gave both of those things back to God because I was so tired of trying to manipulate either one of them to make them how I wanted. And I was like, if it's not this business, bring me the right one. And at some point y'all, I will never forget the day for my husband specifically y'all, my husband, and I've been together since we were 14 and 15. Like we That's are crazy. high school sweethearts. Yeah. We've been together like 21 years, like, a, like, yeah, 21 years, a really long time. I've been obsessed with that boy as long as I can remember. Like I still love him so much. So again, I had agreed that this is the man for the rest of my life and I'm loyal and I stay and I love him. And I remember just being so unhappy and getting to a point that I remember doing this actually in my closet. I remember just crying to God and saying, I believe you want me to be happy. I don't, I know life is going to be tough, but I believe you want me to have a healthy, happy relationship. And so I'm giving Josh back to you either change us and help us come together or change us and help us be happy if we end up other places, but I have to be happy. And that was a big thing. It was not me giving up on my marriage. It was me giving up control of the outcome has to be us together Yeah, because I was watching the way that it was affecting, like even our kids, this constant tension between us and whether our kids were verbal or understood or whatever, they feel everything. And I was just like, I'm suffering. Like I'm so emotional. I really do feel people's energy. And so when Josh and I would just not be well, I'd be sick, like mm -hmm. constricted. I can't breathe. My gut is a mess. Like I just, it was so much suffering. That's all I could say is like, I felt so suffering. And so I just offered us both up to God. And I was like, I want him. Let me be clear. I pray it's us. I pray it's us together and we're healthy and happy. But if it's not, I believe that you will help us be healthy and happy, even if it's not, but like I had to give him back. I don't think I've really ever talked about that publicly because that was a raw moment. And honestly, Becky, I remember crying in my closet, grieving, like like feeling what it would feel like if it was over, because I needed to emotionally process. This could be a possibility, but I just knew the way we were doing it was not working. Mm -hmm. And I promised God, if you will show me my part, I will do it. I promise to do my part. I will put down all the other pieces. I'll do my part. Cause if you all don't know this, listen closely, Becky will continue to drive this message home you can't change another person. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you can affect another person, but that's it. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was committed to saying, I will affect this home and this marriage and this partnership to the best of my ability. I will do my part, which was freaking hard because we were patterned up y'all. We've been together since we were 14 and 15. We were so in our own dance yeah. together. Like we knew what buttons to press. Like we, uh -huh. we, I think we designed the buttons together. Like we literally grew <laughs> up together, you know, like, so, so when we talk about programming and like emotional patterns with someone, I've got them deep with this guy. So that was really hard, but I, I really do want to say that because 
it's hard to change anything you're not willing to surrender. And I was just willing to say, I give it up, both of them. That's super powerful, Kelly. And thank you for sharing that. And we've talked so much about so much, but yeah, I've never heard of that side of the story, mm -hmm. the deep closet moment, you know, and even picturing you there, realizing it's not working, trying to control Josh and change him mm -hmm. just to fit your happiness. And, you know, that's what I was thinking when you said you didn't think that you'd ever been public about that. I was trying to think back and I, I do remember following the business evolution and just your, you know, stepping out of what was unaligned and expired and then stepping into your soul's calling. And that's what I began to learn three years ago when I was following you on Instagram. And yeah, I didn't know that was also going on, you know, behind the scenes, yeah. literally behind the door of a closet. And <laughs> it's so relatable. And I'm so glad you're talking about it because uh, especially my audience, you know, that's a, we'll, we'll get there and we'll unpack it more. But I just want to say, you know, that's how I first was drawn to you was when you were in that season in realizing that this time has expired in my certain career that I'm in now. And you started to show up just a little bit more authentically. And mm -hmm. you were still doing what you were doing, but you were speaking your truth and talking about anxiety. And I started to follow you more. And then it was this like coming out day of like, I'm focused exclusively forward. It's become clear as day, you know, that this is my next uh, passion project. And I remember you came out with Peaceful Performer, the Peaceful Performer yep. movement. Yep. And I was like, that word alone resonates so much right now because I had at that point, I was like 10 years strung out on hustle. And I was like, I want more peace. Like, I don't <laughs> feel it at all. Like, can you teach me. And I remember us DMing on Instagram and you voice, that was my first ever voice memo that I got on Instagram. I didn't know I you didn't could know do that. voice memos. And I was with Sebastian at like Macy's or something. And I remember being like, this woman, Kelly Brock, she just voice memoed me. Like <laughs> it was this, you know, starstruck moment. Cause in the, our network marketing world, you're a big deal. And then you're creating this moment. I'm like, you hear this, Sebastian? This is her voice. She's talking to me. And I remember we DM'd a bit and I almost stepped into your world at that point. I almost went with you and I was I was not ready. I was too afraid. And that's, you know, I followed you for a while until it hurt too much to see you expanding and soaring and going after this life that I felt so drawn to and desired for myself, but was too afraid, not ready to take this step. And so I unfollowed you for, I think like a year, cause it just hurt too yeah. much to see what I wasn't, you know, able to step into yet. And then I don't know how, how I refollowed you, but the rest is history with even the listeners to know what our connection is now. I signed up for like a $33 masterclass of yours and it was just like a perfect intersection of me going through my own like closet moments at that time yeah. in my life and deciding to work with you, which I have for the past six months. And this is my last week with you, which is crazy and it's full circle that we're recording this. You know, moving into marriage now, could you unpack for us just a, a little bit more about what did that look like okay so you're in the closet you're praying that to god and then what does that look like played out between you and josh the transformation yeah so before that closet moment it it was important for you to know i had to first understand that i was not a victim because i'd been telling a victim story like i had been like listen all my dreams could come true if this man would just change in these six ways like, Hey babe, if you would just be all these things, then I could get what I want. And wherever you're saying, if this would happen, then I could be blank. That is a victim story. If I just had the money, then I could be, if I just did this thing, then I could, that is where you are giving your power away to something conditional. And I don't know about you, but I've met humans and they are freaking unpredictable. And so to imagine me being able the, so wait, you're telling me. This is what I was saying to myself. I'm like, so Kelly, you're saying the only way you get to be happy is if Josh decides he wants to be ambitious and he wants to be the leader of the house and he wants to make money and he wants to do these things and he wants to love you in this way. It was like, how long are you going to wait for that? I'd been with him at that point, like a long time, right? Like over a decade. So there was that sobering moment, which 
has to happen for everyone. In order to actually change, you have to realize your responsibility for your own life and your own happiness. And I had to realize like, you can't keep waiting. He's not going to come save you. He may not ever change. And so what are you going to do about it? And so I started to say, get clear for myself what it was that I wanted. And I started making my own shifts and intentions towards that. And that started with little practices. Like y'all, one of the hardest freaking things I did was every single morning I wrote these affirmations. She knows what I'm about to tell. She's smiling already. It was, it's such a physical moment for me because it was big. I started writing down if I was to show up as, you know, the best, highest version of me, what would that look like? And I wrote down these 10 affirmations. And one of those affirmations was, I'm an intentional, exceptional wife. Like I was living in the best marriage. I would be the most intentional and exceptional wife. And so then I would ask myself, and how will I show up as her today? And guess who I got to rep that out with? The same annoying, frustrating, super hot, handsome husband who (laughs) is annoying me. And I had to go first. So I would have to literally in the morning, just be like, what's one dang thing you can do, Kelly? Cause I didn't want to, I had all my reasons to be justified, to be like, he doesn't deserve this. Cause if, if you were to like write it out, if I went to a group of friends and be like, here's why he doesn't deserve it. I'm sure I'd have a whole crowd of people. You'd be like, you're, you're right. You deserve better, you know, but it didn't change the fact that this is my marriage and I'm living in it every day. And it was just like groundhog day. And it was like, okay, I got to do this, whether he is or not. And so every morning I would say, I'm an intentional, exceptional wife. And I'd sit there and I think, okay, and how will I show up as her today? And one of my biggest pet peeves with him was every day he would cook eggs, burn them. Like why he cooks eggs on level 10, I don't know, (laughs) but he would burn these eggs. And then I worked from home and he went to a, a job at an office. And so he would leave the pan soaking all day long. I'm just going to let it soak like for 12 hours. Like it needed five minutes and you could have done that right before you walked out the door. Got a whole story, right? Here I go. Victim story. So I would sit there in the morning and like pray about this, meditate. And then I'd be like, oh no, (laughs) she washes the pan for him. The intentional, exceptional wife. Shoot. She washes that pan for him and she doesn't just wash it for him to come home at 5 PM and be like, mm-hmm. did you see where that pan is? I did it. Cause I'm better than you. Like I didn't do that. I, I chose she's intentional, which means she washes this pan with gratitude saying, thank you that I have a husband. Thank you that I have a husband who eats well and cares for himself. Thank you that I have a father for my children. Like, thank you that like, I'm lucky enough to be here. You know, Josh's dad passed away when he was 16. So that was like, a that was a beautiful gratitude. It was like, I do have a husband. Mm. Like I, my children have a father. Like, so I would find these things to be grateful about while I washed this pan. And that was hard. You guys, I had to put down all the reasons that he sucked in my mind, put them down <laughs> and be grateful. And so I did these little moments at a time. And what ended up happening was they were so small. They looked like they didn't count in the beginning. Like 12, 12 days in, three weeks in, four weeks in, it's just like, yep, same husband, same marriage, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was it wasn't that we started being more passionate and loving on all the things that I wanted first. We just had a little less fights because I was not a fuse to the fire, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I had taken away my own like igniting power to be in this dance we would do. And so when there's a little less fuel on the fire, it doesn't blow up as big. So what happened in the beginning was I took a sense of personal responsibility, started helping myself and a little less conflict happened first. Then from there, like what ends up happening is when you change, so does your world. And so Josh actually ended up being kinder to me and he'd be like, Hey, like you should like do something with your girls. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. Yes. I, I would love that. That would be great. So it started being things just started changing within us. The closet moment though, was the moment that I, we had been growing a little bit. It had been getting a little bit better. I was feeling almost like desperate for this really big life that I wanted, that I was just coming to admit to myself. I remember seeing people who were like power couples and I'd be like, 
it's okay. That'll just never be Josh and I. And like, mm-hmm. but there was this part of me kind of like how you had to stop unfollowing me. I had to mm-hmm. stop looking at power couples because they like triggered me. They mm-hmm. bothered me because, and what I realized is wherever you are judging someone, that's actually something for you to pay attention to. Cause it's something in you that is so uncomfortable with a part of you that you want. Mm. You're like, why do they get to have that? And I don't. And I remember starting to feel that about couples that I saw working together. And what I realized right before that kind of closet moment was I didn't just want us to be okay. My best world would be like, we're living a love story of a lifetime and we're working together and you're an amazing father and we make a difference in the world together. And our reality was so far from that at that moment. Mm. And I wanted that destiny so bad. And when I felt that y'all, it wasn't just a, when you start to spend time with yourself, you start to know what is your soul's calling and what's just like wanting. I was in tears. I wanted that so bad. It felt like I will be so sad about my life. If I don't go for that, Mm -hmm. if I, I don't see what's possible, like I felt sick about wanting that so bad. And so that's what led to that closet moment was almost my own desperation and admitting to myself, I wanted something so much bigger than what I had. And I was going to be uh, playing it small Mm -hmm. if I wasn't honest with Josh about that, Mm -hmm. if I wasn't trying for that. And so we were so far from that. And that's what that desperate moment in the closet was. It was me just saying, I can't live a life not knowing what I'm capable of in my potential. And I want it in my marriage and, you know, things are hard. And if it's not him, like I give him back God. Yeah. 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 And seeing you guys now, I mean, you're like, you guys are like (laughs) high school in love, like engagement season. It's so fun to see you. Like you still literally jump on him and like wrap yourself around him like a koala bear. I do. And it's beautiful to see and to know the backstory of it was not even close to that at one point. And I love what you said of whenever you're judging someone, pay attention to that. It's pointing you towards something deeper that you want. I was like taking notes like, yes, remember that one. And then you also spoke to gratitude, which I know mm. you've talked about a lot just in our relationship of working together as it's more than just a cute cliche that you stitch onto a pillow, but there's like an actual vibrational frequency that gets Mm -hmm. raised with gratitude. And so just a little, you know, tangent on that. Can you talk about why you're so passionate about gratitude and what it actually does to your energy? Oh my gosh. For me, gratitude was life shifting for me because I am a lifelong dreamer and achiever. So one of the reasons my business burnt me out is because it was a business that was conducive to deadlines and new beginnings. And so every 30 days, it was like, work, work, work hard, achieve, new goal, let's go. So I was on this hamster wheel of actually never sitting in gratitude because I was always, there was always a next goal. There was always a next deadline. There was always a new recruit. There was always a new prize to win. So I never learned how to be happy with my life because there was always something I didn't have yet. I don't have that thing yet. I can't be happy until I'm a top trip director. I, I've not yet earned that level. I've not done this thing. I can't be happy. It, I didn't ever feel good enough. There was always something else I needed to have, right? If blank, then I can be. I wanted to feel confident and happy and present and joyful and peaceful, but there was always something I had to have so that I could have that, even down to Josh, right? If Josh would just be this, then I can be happy. And I was like, I am literally always putting off my happiness till tomorrow. I was never, I'd be happy for a moment, but it would be so brief. It was like, what is this all even for? If I never get to like stay happy, there's always something else I have to do. It was just like, hands up. Like, what is this about God? Like, and so the practice that helped me change myself was gratitude. And I started doing this again as a morning practice. And I would write down every single morning, three to five things that happened in the last 24 hours that I'm grateful for. Because again, I always needed to be on that trip in six months from now, then I'll be happy. Oh, I got to hit this level. Then I'll be happy. So it was always out of my current experience, happiness. It was always a destination that was never here. 
And so when I started doing these journal practices and gratitude, I started writing down these things, these simple little moments, like, you know, I share this one, but it's like, I remember my son just running with this saggy diaper one time. And it was just, you know, if you've ever seen a baby with like a wet diaper and it sways back and forth and it's just like almost dragging the floor. And I remember just giggling, watching this precious chunky little baby that is dragging diaper and just being like, I'm so grateful for that little moment that I witnessed Mm -hmm. my baby. One day he's going to be a grown man. Like he was so precious and so silly. And I had to chase him around the house and like his giggle was so big and his sweet, soft cheeks. When I like got a hold of him and I sunk my lips into those like plush, juicy cheeks. And I was just like grateful for that moment. And I don't know if you all can even hear the way that I just shifted emotionally. When I talked about that, all of a sudden I was so present to the way he looks and the way he felt and the joy in his body and the texture of his cheeks. And like, when you get grateful, you get so present and your entire energy changes. And I started doing that and finding that my life was rich now. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things, Becky, that was important was I stayed so busy all day long. I would be with people and not really with them. I was never really present it's like my kids were here, but I would find myself at the end of the day, crashing into bed, turning on like Schitt's Creek or friends or something like something. Love Schitt's Creek. I love Schitt's Creek. (laughs) Like I would turn it on and I would find myself opening my phone to scroll and look at pictures of my babies. And I remember that sobering moment where I was just sitting there one night, again, watching Schitt's Creek, looking at pictures of my kids who I was with all day long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how could I have just been with them all day and miss them? It's because I wasn't with them. I was not present. Yeah. And so what gratitude started to teach me to do was to see how this precious moment today was so good. And, you know, at this moment, you guys, my husband and I, we are in raw places, starting some really new dreams. And we are in all the beginner curves of it. We suck. We don't know what we're doing. We've got the learning curve. We're making mistakes. It Things have been challenging. We are doubting ourselves. And at the same moment, we're dreaming and we're going, what if, and we're making connections. And so because I've got this posture of gratitude now, Instead of feeling inadequate, like we need to now be here at this destination of this thing being uh, a real business or a real nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things we're creating. I don't need for that to be a real thing to be happy. I'm going like, look at us. Here we are at the beginning stages of of something we're going to tell a story about one day. Mm -hmm. We're in it. This Mm -hmm. is you and me. We're 36 and 37. Let's never forget how we felt and how God showed up in these little moments and all the signs and all the connections. And so I got really good at feeling thankful for this stage, this moment. And because of that, I'm so much less rushed Mm -hmm. to be anywhere else. I'm happy now. I'm grateful now. And that level of gratitude has made me a more impactful coach to you. Mm -hmm. It has made me a more present mom. It has made me a really uh, great friend who sees people like, Hey, I really see you. Cause I'm with you. Like I've had people be like, thank you for seeing me or sensing that. And before I wasn't, I was oblivious to so much of the beauty that's in this moment. And so because of that, like Josh and I really started to see each other. And if I can like rant one more minute on this, mm-hmm. cause I know one of the conversations you'll really hold here is relationships. Y'all, I want you to think about sex for a minute. I was hoping you'd bring this up. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. I know what you're going to say. We know the difference between five minutes of good sex and five minutes of bad sex. That five minutes of bad sex, we're like in our heads, can this be over? I'm not feeling it. All the things not present. And then five minutes of good sex feels like an hour. You're like, I felt his breath on my ear and his tongue on my neck and my the way he touched my skin on my ribs and everything is so hyper sensational. And it was five minutes. So it's not the time that passed. It was the way we experienced time passing. And that's the same thing. Most people get to the end of their lives and the biggest regrets they have were was not being present in the moments that they were in when they passed them by. So if time is not the same 
What's different? It's the way we experience it. So all of a sudden, when you become grateful, what the only way you can actually be grateful is to be present, right? Like I can put on my list, like I'm so thankful for my husband. I'm grateful. All right. Now, what if I say, I'm so grateful for my husband. I'm so grateful that every morning I walk in to the kitchen and he's already filled up the water tank with coffee. And I know he does that just to make my life easier. And I love that. I'm so thankful. Do you all feel the difference? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling and experiencing the present of the man that is in front of me right now. He will be different tomorrow. I will be different tomorrow. Let me know him, experience him now. And that was really shifting for me because time does not always pass the same way. It's our level of presence to that. When I started being more grateful for Josh, grateful for my life period, but just someone who is more grateful, all of a sudden I was a lot of a lot less of other things. I was a lot less rushed. I was a lot less bitchy. I was a lot less needy. I was a lot less like not feeling enough and needing him to fulfill something in me. All of a sudden I was like, my cup was filled. My kids and I call it our buckets. My joy bucket was already filled. So I wasn't needing him to be something to fill it. I was already feeling so much fulfillment. And as a byproduct of that, like he didn't have to be someone else in the way that I used to ask him to be someone else. I mean, I was always just some way communicating. He was not enough. Mm -hmm. So gratitude not only changed our experience, but there was like a whole ripple effect that happened as this one little tiny practice that I did every day. That's exactly what it is. You know, and I love what you say. I just have to requote. It's not the time that passed. It's the way we experience time passing. But man, gratitude, it's just almost too simple to believe that it's that powerful, but it really is like the linchpin. It's the core of that ripple effect into every area of your life. And when I think about everything that you embody and everything that you've taught us in the Conscious Leader Mastermind, you know, gratitude is at the core of expansion and healing in your health Mm -hmm. in your wealth and your parenting and purpose and spiritual healing. And I just want to give one example of how that showed up for me even yesterday. So you were the one that taught me with healing money wounds and inviting more expansion and abundance financially. You you were referencing Jeremy, but you're like, never walk by a penny. If you Mm -hmm. ever see a penny, never walk by it. Always pick it up because it starts with whatever little wealth you have, even if it's a penny to your name, being grateful for that. And what that does is it invites in more and more and more, the more you experience gratitude. So yesterday found two pennies on the, you know, in the dryer. And normally I literally throw them out. Like there's a garbage can right above my dryer and I'll throw away loose change. And I thought of you and I was like, nope, I, I picked them up. I like felt them in my hand because they were clean now. <laughs> I was like, I'm thankful for these pennies. And I paused mm. and I put them in my pocket and brought them upstairs and put them in our little, we got like a little piggy bank. And so that has been a, a huge game changer for me too. And even when you were describing your son's plush little cheeks and you know how the smell of his skin and mm. And you said, did you notice the energy shift? That was literally what was going through my head when you were describing that. I was like, there's such a shift of energy I'm like feeling right now in her because she just became so insanely present and like time starts to slow down. And Mm -hmm. that has been one of the greatest things that I've learned from you and that drew me to you in the first place and that I didn't know how to experience and embody until you know, these last few months, really. And it's crazy. I was listening to the affirmations that I recorded um, from six months ago when you did that E3 series when I first did your mastermind. And you guided us through this visualization of what we knew in our intuition, like in our vision, what was about to happen in the next four months or so. Mm. And I recorded everything that came you know, into my mind of like what I hoped to happen, what I wanted to happen, but had been stuck for so long to achieve. And I was going through the list and literally, crap you not, Kelly freaking Brock, every single (laughs) one of those have come to reality. And the final one actually happened just this week, which I thought it'd just be fun to share um, real quick before we end here. But you started this visualization by saying what I know has happened, what I know I've created, what exists now is, and then we filled in the rest of the blank. 
And I said, I've stepped down from my director position 100% and I'm focused exclusively forward on the calling God has put on my heart. Yes. I've launched my program fully attracting ideal clients out of my immediate circle. Absolutely. I've become the main breadwinner for our family and Sebastian has been able to step into a field that has brought him purpose and joy. So this is the one that just happened this week, which again, it's just really funny, the timing (laughs) of this podcast interview. But he's always said, I've asked him the question, like, if you had limitless money in the bank and didn't have to work to earn, you know, another dime in your life, what would you love to do? And it wasn't like a big thing that came to mind, but it was very simple. He said, you know, I'd want to coach Ollie's soccer team and like be a mentor to kids in the community. Mm -hmm. And he just went through the course last week and he sent out his first email last night saying, hi, I'm your new coach. He's got the roster and he's going to be able to do that now because he has been able to step back in his work a bit and just be more present with mentoring kids. And then also, don't know if you know this, Kelly, but he's in a punk rock band. No. (laughs) Yeah. He's like literally living his teenage dream right now. He's been able to play music with his old high school band friends like more than he ever has in his life. And they have a show tonight. And I'm bringing Ollie and Anna. We've got them like little headphones so their eardrums don't pop. And we're going to bring them and they get to see their daddy playing music, living his little rock star dream life. And all of the profits from that are going to go to autism awareness. So when I realized that, like it almost passed me by, actually, until I was thinking about this podcast. I'm like, stop. I was listening to this recording. I was like, this is just nuts. And then there was so much more I said in there, like marriage thriving on a whole new level, kids fighting less, and they can feel that I'm really present. That has actually happened, and it's been noticeable. I'm like, they're becoming friends. My clients shifting and expanding. And so I just want to thank you so much. And I'm so sad my time with you and your mastermind is ending, but I'll be back. And in the meantime, I'm just going to keep inviting you back to the podcast to like finagle time with you. I want to, I want to say something real quick. First of all, I always say we, we just change relationship, you know, it's just like, we're still in relationship. We just, it just changes form. So it's like, cool seasons, reasons, all the things like we, we never have to worry about that. But what I want to reflect back to you, which I hope everyone hears on this man or woman, whoever is listening, Becky has an entirely different life, an entirely different reality, but what had to happen you had to go first. You'd love for your husband to go first. You'd love for him to change. You'd love for him to do that. You'd love for your kids to choose to do that. You'd love for people to be attracted to you. You'd love to have more abundance. You'd love to like, that's sounds great. But what shifted was you went first and your world reordered as a result. And so if I could drive home anything, there is y'all if you, if you feel like things are out of control, you're right. There's a lot out of your control. So all you can do is say, what is in my control? And that is you. And that is the truth that you speak and the inner world that you tap into and the presence that you're aware and the energy that you bring. And I watched you, I said this to you privately the other day, you know, I don't just teach to make money online. I literally tell people exactly what has helped me change my life. And there are some people who may consume it like it's a product. And then there are other people who take it and they say, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to apply this in my life. And I'm going to, and you are that Mm -hmm. there are some people who went through that same product as you, that same course, and they can't say that their lives have changed, but you said, I'm going to value this. I'm going to, I'm going to step in. I'm going to apply the principles. I'm going to hold the belief in the void. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep working on myself. And because of that, you do have an entirely different life relationship, business, money, podcast, like, and this is now just the beginning of something else. So I just want to really drive that home for everyone else to hear. You may not get everything you want, but you're certainly not going to get what you want if you don't help yourself. And that is the piece that you can start to look inwards and saying, where am I unsatisfied? Why am I unsatisfied? If I could have anything here, what would that look like? And then start to be the responsible person to make it so. And what I find is the right teachers and the right books and the right podcasts and the right things arrive at the right time for you to receive it. And so you'll have all the hows show up for you, but you've got to make a decision that you're willing to be the person who takes responsibility and leads her own life. And so I'm just really proud of you, Becky, because you 
have changed. Like even from the energy you brought with such a sense of urgency, when you started the program, like started our mastermind, it was so much urgency, yeah, so much desperation to say, I've got to make the most out of this time. And all of a sudden you've slowed your roll mm -hmm. and you've really just embodied and allowed and been present and guess what's changed everything. Mm -hmm. It's been cool to watch you. That means so much. I'm soaking all of this in and thank God it's recorded. I'll be able to listen it back to it so many times. <laughs> But I love you, Kelly, so much. You mean the world to me. And I'm so glad that I refollowed you on Instagram. And <laughs> I can't wait to just continue to see where your next path takes you. I know there's a lot changing right now. And so, guys, I would love for you to be able to get into Kelly's space if you don't know her yet. Follow her, her adventure story so much has happened already but in many ways it's just beginning it's about to become mm -hmm. even more epic if that were even possible so kelly can you let listeners know just where is the best place to find you yes absolutely so i spend most of my time on instagram at kelly brock and i have a podcast called guide not guru and you can find all of our programs and the amazing things that we're doing to empower women to live conscious leadership of their life at kellybrockco.com. So please reach out. And if this podcast like hits home for you, just like I DM'd <laughs> Becky with my voice, I really do love connecting with people. Like I really do love knowing when what we've said, and I know Becky feels the same, deposit something real in you. So please like share this and let us know and send us messages. It just like fulfills us because we're in our purpose right now. So I can't wait to connect with anyone who wants to reach out. Thank you, Kelly. I'll add all of that in the show notes and thank you for your time today. Love you so much and we'll chat soon. Love you too. Bye. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I love and appreciate you so much. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating or review to help others find the show. To learn more about working with me or joining the I Do Breakthrough community, Head over to my Instagram at Rebecca Lee Aste, where you can learn all about my program in my bio. And please send me a DM with your takeaway from today. I'd be honored to connect and know what landed for you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you next week.